0: Go, let's go. It's the Plank Show on a Tuesday. Hey, Josh. Josh and I don't see each other for basically a week during the football season. We get to do the show Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Let me rephrase that. We get to do the show Tuesday and Wednesday in studios. And then we don't see each other again until the following Tuesday. So, good morning, Josh. How are you? Good morning, man. Uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Four how days. are you, my friend? Four, uh, now, someone else has figured out how to do the co- uh, countdown clock, which takes a lot of pressure off me because then I'll get in studio, and if it's not done, I panic because I'm the, I somehow become the countdown clock guy, which so, is fine. Let me I'm ask fine you this. this. What's that?
1: Do we know the official kickoff time, like 11.07 or care. anything like that? Let's see. Could we
0: adjust it? Could we tweak? That is a very good question. The
1: Chick-fil-A countdown
0: clock. Usually, I got, yeah, that was 2.36 whenever I got an email from Toby Rowland this morning. Look wow. at t That's what I'm talking about. Good
1: morning, T-Row. Um, and probably I, good night. I
0: haven't received a slide email yet. Now, usually those will come on about Wednesday or Thursday. To where it's, hey, be prepared for a potential slide, but there should be no reason for it on a morning game, right? Unless they're like, hey, we're going to take a little bit longer. We're going to take a little longer on our
1: picks because Lee Corso might be his last Red River rivalry. You never know. Well, it's OU Texas, so to set the stage and final time in the Big 12. We need a
0: little bit more time here. A little fanfare. We need more, Pat. Four days. Four days. One hour and 54 minutes. Now, you guys can dump all over that if it's incorrect, but that is what whomever has taken on that responsibility has decided to go with. Seems right to me. Seems spot on to me. And our countdown clock is brought to you by your game day, Tailgate Headquarters, Chick-fil-A on 12th in Alameda. So typically on a Tuesday, I don't know why I always feel like I need to lay out the structure of the program, but typically on a Tuesday, Josh, we do a little perusing around the rest of the college football world, but I, I didn't do that last night. I didn't do that last night. I found myself having a little time last night. So instead of what I think I did last, was it last Tuesday or Wednesday, last Wednesday night when I decided to start getting into uh, Netflix series and i realized what it is because I then I started watching wrestlers this weekend and there's an old Saturday Night Live bit where Kevin Nealon would review movies certain types of movies and he'd say I was into it I was into it and then I lost it I'm like that when it comes to Netflix series it's like oh this looks good I'm into this and then all of a sudden it's like how long has this thing been going on for I All right, is there anything else I can watch? But I did did that last night with Texas football. I realized, as we are leading into the Saturday showdown between the Sooners and the Longhorns, have I really been able to watch as much Texas football as I want? It seems as if for Oklahoma, a lot of their game times are right around the same time as, as Oklahoma. And then also I would add in that, You might say, what do you mean? Texas kicked off at 230. Uh, Oklahoma was playing at six. Well, I'm on the air start at four. So it's not as if my focus is, well, actually, it's starting at two. My focus is not really on those games. It's more on Oklahoma. So I don't really get to immerse myself. So I went back and I watched a portion of, if not the extended highlights of every Texas game this season. And I came away... With a take that I unfortunately dreaded having, which is this: they're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> they're really damn good. I was hoping that I could come on here this Tuesday morning, and after watching it, and my kids were making fun of me because I'm a little notebook out and I'm uh, I'm writing down little things that stand out. But it was just all you kind of sit there and you watch and you're like, okay, there's places where they can be beat, such as. But in that say, but here's the thing: they tend to adjust. <laughs> If you were to watch, it if you were to watch, and I think about this, I try to, I tried to watch it through the lens, Josh, as somebody that was watching OU Iowa State. You might say to yourself, "Look at that! Look at that! They got safeties running into each other. They got another guy in the back in there. That what's he running towards? Look, Iowa State's gashing it with mis- misdirection runs. So I kind of try to look at it as, all right, where is?" Where is a team taking advantage of, uh, of Texas, and how have they adjusted? Because if you only watch, say, the first half of OU Iowa State, you might think Oklahoma's incredibly vulnerable, right? Our, like our man George Stoya, who I guess found out this week that people don't usually look for perspective on your tweets whenever you say the defense is worse than it was in 2018 or 2016. They don't realize you tweeted it in the first half. They just see it. But even in saying that, it's a little bit short-sighted, George. But in the same vein, it's also – it's something to where if that's all you watched of the game, right? You're like, how's this a top-10 team? Same way. You can watch certain portions of Texas. Is a long way to get there, sorry, but here's the point. You can watch certain portions of Texas and think, oh, they can – that's not a very good football team. We can go right? get these guys. We can go get these guys. But then when you sit back and you watch the way that they do adjust and the way that they take advantage of space and the way that they're able to create um, lanes or whatever term you want to use, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive, man. I uh, Even one of – it's funny because I was watching the Kansas game and Kansas – you know, I, I was thinking about how I heard that Kansas had cut it to 13-7. to seven. It was Kansas just broke like a 60-yard run. Well, what you don't know is in the midst of that 60-yard run, their quarterback got freaking rocked, fumbled the football, but it fumbled right to a Kansas player. It almost, Josh, it almost looked like an intentional pitch, except that Jason Bean had no idea. That there was a dude right there next to him waiting to pick up the football and take it to the house, right? He got
1: hit in the next week.
0: He got knocked into the Red River rivalry. So, you know, even little things like that, I, I came away really impressed. So you asked, areas where I think Texas can be beat. You know, they're incredibly athletic, Josh. Um, but I, I, think, I think Oklahoma's wide receiver – Do you guys like to call them bubbles or flares or screens? I know some people get mad. It's like, it's not a screen. But the little bubble passes they do, I think those could be incredibly effective against Texas. I really really, I think that's an area where Oklahoma can have success. Because uh, their defensive backs don't tackle well on the outside? I I, I think our – this is going to be a hot take. I think our receivers are a little bit more physical than their
1: corners. Got a bunch of linebackers out there. We got
0: some linebackers out there, right? That's, that's one. Um, I, it's weird because there's so much frustration and consternation with the interior of the offensive line. Um, I wonder – we talked about this a little bit with Bill Beatonbow yesterday, and, and again, you're not going to get any tricks or they're not going to tell us too many secrets. But, Josh, that interior of the Texas defense is a problem and it's deep. You know, the Sooners roll six deep, a defensive tackle – I don't know right now how many, you know, day one, day two first round, day one, day two picks in the NFL draft are there. Texas has of the, you know, four to five to six guys they rotate, they got at least four dudes that are going to play on Sunday. So that worries me a lot. Andrew Raym has got to be really good on Sunday. I mean, he has got to have one of his best games. But I don't it it didn't signal to me that and Gabe and I were going back and forth on this, just me educating myself because I, I think they can get them on the edge. I don't know about up the middle. But I don't think you can just abandon it, right? Because I I did see both Kansas and Rice have some success just going right up the gut.
1: Now, Kansas is very short-lived. Um, and fundamentally, can I, you you want to be able to say, hey, we're going to come beat you at the point of attack. Okay,
0: and then I have, I have maybe – so all of this gushing and praising of Texas before we get the I thought this was the home of Sooner fans. I'm laying out what we've learned. Okay, that doesn't mean we're going to be incredibly homeristic and just tell you you're winning seventy to zero. Which all games did you watch? Rice, Alabama, uh, and Kansas. So not Wyoming. I didn't watch the Wyoming game. Why was there something from there that's no? Out? No, I just uh, just curious. I think the Wyoming game I watched like two highlights, and I was like, ah.
1: And you know, honestly, States. it's probably not that important.
0: But, now and again, but I'm, I'm going to be very clear here. My lazy behind isn't sitting there watching full games. I'm watching, you know, 20-minute cut-ups. I, I think it was a 45-minute cut-up of Alabama that's out there on YouTube. Still, I, though. It's, I'm, I'm not a film guy. I am a here's what I see. Ask Ted. Ask Abe. Throw it out there to you guys. See what you think. Uh, I am by no means a understand the strategy between whether or not the left guard or right guard is taking the proper step or hand placement. But I will say this. Teams really seem to do a pretty good job of beating themselves against Texas. I mean, Alabama committed 10 penalties and every single one of them seemed to be excruciating. Kansas, now, remember, Kansas couldn't afford to not be perfect because they were already down Jalen Daniels and at a distinct disadvantage in the, uh, in the interior on the line of scrimmage. But they, they committed some soul-crushing mistakes early in that game, Josh. Just turnovers, bad, bad, bad mistakes. So there was this part of me where I mean even I was trying to go back to the rice game. Even in the rice game to where you're like, "They they had a chance to to take the lead or get a little bit more momentum here and things kind of fell apart." What So I don't know how you guys would want to quantify that. But they're in so many of these games that uh, I watch Texas where you're like, "Dang, man, they're really good." You don't how do you quantify the mistakes that the opposition made because now some of them were big time plays by Texas, right? Others were just <laughs> I mean, what are we what are we even doing right now, right? From the opposition. So Take that for what it's worth. Brent Venables has talked a lot about Oklahoma not beating Oklahoma. And at times, we've seen them put themselves in that position. Cincinnati's a great example, right, where if their defense didn't play as well as it had, the Oklahoma offense had put the Sooners in a position where Oklahoma could beat Oklahoma, right? Right. The the defense took on that charge Saturday night early on with the mistakes that they made. The offense wasn't clicking, and that's a tight game. Oklahoma's
1: in a position where they can beat Oklahoma. You know, there's a decided advantage on paper in terms of which of these two teams is less penalized than the other. Right.
0: And then I would also add, it's just so many dumb things that I – it's almost – it's – it's almost, gosh, I'm not going to say Tiger Woods, but it's almost like people realize at one point, oh, wow, we're playing uh, a Blue Blood. We're playing uh, a, a Texas team that's really good, and they just S the bet. I can't think of any other way to put it. And, and you don't think it's Texas creating? I, I, listen, I th- That's my battle that I've kind of had here in this, you know? In some ways it's uh for instance like a holding or
1: a defensive holding or pass interference, you create, right? You
0: create. Absolutely.
1: You know, uh the fan base maybe in Austin, which it's not gonna be, it's gonna be at the Cotton Bowl, can create a false start or an illegal procedure. But but the penalties you're talking about, you, you feel like Yeah, it's just <sighs> gray area? Gray area.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying and by the way, just so we're clear, I'm not saying they're getting calls. I'm not saying that they're getting breaks. It's just there's some dumb things that opposing teams have done against Texas.
1: Yeah, teams aren't playing clean against them.
0: Bing, ding, 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 and you can you can give credit to maybe them kind of uh, mucking it up. M u c k. Be very clear with that one. You know, not not afraid to not afraid to make mistakes. I'll tell you what. What really stood out to me. I think Quinn Ewers looks better. He looks better. I, I really like twenty four. If I could go Teddy Lehman on you, twenty four for Texas. Holy smokes, man! He is Jonathan Brooks. He ran for two eighteen last week, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't all that great against Alabama, but it seems like in the last three weeks. He's really started to separate himself. Jonathan Brooks has done for Texas what I think many of you are wanting an Oklahoma back to do for OU. John, he's separated himself. And they're more committed to running the football. I mean, he's, um, he's 42, 60, 50 times, 60 times the last three games. And he's averaging close to like eight yards a carry. He's really impressive, man. He's really caught my eye. So they're good. But I didn't watch it and think it's some insurmountable, unmovable object. I didn't watch them and felt like I did whenever I was trying to get a handle on 2018 Alabama. 2018 Alabama where you're watching and you're like, okay, so Kyler's got to be Superman today. All right, 2019 LSU. And I'll tell you what, watching 2019 LSU's offense, it's funny because I had sold myself that the Sooners could run the football and control the clock in that game. How did that go? Not – not good? It was
1: an uncompetitive Peach Bowl. Nah. <laughs> hey, but what you didn't account for was could Oklahoma stop LSU at all?
0: Yeah, you know, that was kind of the thought. Uh, I thought maybe the best defense would be a good offense at that point. Maybe you just need one stop. Well, that one stop ended up being a problem for Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry to those of you who are still on the team that were there at that moment. You, you know what I'm saying. You remember. You lived it. Was it Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase
1: that had like four touchdowns in the first half?
0: I think it was Jefferson because we were all worried about Jamar Chase and all of a sudden it's this Jefferson kid is ridiculous. And then all of a sudden there's like Clyde Edwards-Elaire and they got pff, some guy named
1: Burrow. But that was uh, that's a different game.
0: I guess my point is I didn't watch Texas and think.
1: They're overwhelmingly, you know, this juggernaut.
0: No, And, and they're really good. They're really good. So we'll talk a little bit more about the opponent coming up. But with that said, Josh, it's already nine. It's already nine twenty, and we're out early today because at eleven thirty is the Brent Venables press conference. Now, um, I I reached out. Let's see here. I reached out to the great Patty Gasso, and she said she may have some time at about. 10 a.m. this morning. So, if Coach has time, then we're going to talk to Coach Gasso at 10 a.m. this morning. But we'll see. I hope so. I haven't. I, I've only seen Coach in passing a couple of times at games. So I hope we get a chance to talk to Coach Gasso coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. In that 10 a.m. hour, we're going to hear a lot from Sark. I went through his press conference yesterday. Brent Venables, again, has his coming up at 1130. And as always, we have the Brent Venables Coaches Show, the Sooner Sports Talk, with Brent Venables to recap, coming up a little bit later on. So with all that said, welcome into a Tuesday edition of The Plank Show. Your texts, tweets, thoughts, comments coming up next right here on The Ref. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, there's been a lot this week about the Superman play. I'm like, why? Seems, seems odd. Why are we, uh, why are we doing so much of that now? And it's like, oh, I guess it kind of makes sense. You know, at 20 years ago was two years, like 20. But in the same vein, we're we're a good defensive football team. <laughs> so why not celebrate one of the greatest defensive moments in the history of Oklahoma Sooner football? Heard a lot. Have you, um, if you haven't had a chance? Now, I'm not proud of many things that I've ever done in my life. Outside of my kids, the show, and there was like a macrame project that I did when I was eight that was really good. But this podcast that we put together on the Superman play, I thought was really good. So if you get a chance, I'm putting the link out right now. Check it out. Uh, (laughs) That was a lot of hard work. I was up against the wall too, Josh. It was like, you got to get it done, man. You got to get it done. I'm like, I'm trying. I don't know how to do it. Music mix sounds like crap. So I just throw it out. I was like, okay. And you got it done. Got it done. A lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of uh, hard work went into that. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate you making it possible. Couple of uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text lines. Plank and Josh. I am pumped to see Chris Plank tonight in Tulsa. Let's go. It's from Jimmy in Tulsa.
1: Oh Jimmy,
0: baby, I am headed to Tulsa tonight. That is correct. I'm uh, I'm probably gonna get there right on time. <laughs> We're doing a six o'clock. Get together. Coming in hot. I'll be, I think, I think, um, I'll be at Big Whiskey in Tulsa. That is where the OU Club of Tulsa hangs out. It is right off of, oh gosh, 51st? Kind of 51st in Yale area. You hang a on 51st in Yale and you're right there. So if you're in town, please come by. We'll be talking sooner football. I may give you the first listen to the scene setter tonight.
1: Wow.
0: I'm just saying. I might give you the first listen to the scene setter tonight.
1: So everybody, you can look forward to that. I'm inside. just saying
0: it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Um <laughs> from the seven three one. Boy, this would this might have people lose their minds a little bit. Imagine if Stutzman and Bowman somehow, some way recreate that play on Saturday. Well, I mean, as we've learned, it would involve one of them not doing what their coaches told them to do, right? Right.
1: Leaping over the line.
0: Here's what Coach Venable said about that last night. (laughs) Which, by the way, uh, I wanted to apologize before I play this. That would have been smooth radio. But I saw the very first text that I saw into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line was this from the 405. So Chris Plank is the reason I had to drive to work in silence this morning. I went to bed last night at about 10 30. That Monday night football game just absolutely was terrible. People were crushing Daniel Jones, and by the by the fourth quarter, you're like, I kind of feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> it's almost as if the offensive line had just said, Yeah, we're not blocking anymore. We're done with you. But it's it's interesting that. <laughs> it's interesting because I'm sitting there and I've got this podcast loaded and ready to go. And all I have to do is click this little publish button. And I swear I clicked it. I shut the laptop. I laid there and I was out. And I woke up this morning and it wasn't posted. So I don't know if I prematurely like shut down the laptop or what. But to the Sir in the 405, I apologize. And we did put up a podcast yesterday with Toby and I and Coach Venable's, so at least there was there was that to hopefully get you through the morning. All right, anything here was Coach Venable's. They were talking about that play last night on a Coach's uh, Sooner Sports Talk with BV. Oh, is that not coming through? He tried to
2: go right through him earlier, and and he got cut, and uh, and so he was told, you know, whatever you do, don't don't leave your feet. You just want to stay in front of the quarterback in, in the B gap there and make the throw hard. So he took that as to, you know, I'm going to leap him. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to rip the ball out of his hands. I want to pass it off to Teddy. Was his We're going to score a touchdown. Yeah. We're going to go up 14 to three. <laughs> and then I'm going to I'm going to actually take the next kickoff. I'm going to run down and I'm going to make the tackle on the kickoff. And then they're going to throw vertical seam fenders, and I'm going to run with the vertical, and I'm going to intercept it. So that's what Roy did
0: on his last three plays. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You know how you would know that, Josh Helmer, if you listen to the Sooner Sports Podcast Superman episode. Teddy goes in depth laying that out. It's moments, man. I'm sorry. I'm sitting. I'm just now. Now I'm stuck down memory lane. What a player. I loved Roy.
1: Couple oh, well, of I mean, he's
0: not dad. I mean, I love Roy. I loved watching him as a player. I loved him even more as whenever we would do sidelines together. He was awesome. I always felt like a rock star whenever I was like, hey, Roy, am I allowed to He's like, shh, here. Yeah, walk over there, man. I'll take you over there. He's the man. It's funny. You don't want to try to get too caught up in, in dorking out over moments, right? You don't want to get too carried away, but you can't help yourself. It's just it the scene the setting everything involved is unparalleled is a word i like to use where did that um where was I, how have i seen all the teddy and roy stuff where is that was i dreaming that or have i seen that all over twitter i don't know where somewhere? you saw it huh. maybe i was dreaming it a little bit who knows all right it is uh 9:32 is there anything josh helmer from the world of college football not OU Iowa State or OU Texas related that you feel like we need to kind of put a little cinch on from the week. That cinch that up from the weekend that was
1: anything. Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, Auburn uh, gave Georgia a legitimate scare. USC, their defense, man, to build a big lead. And yeah, they're just it's. It's great, but it's tough watching, you know, a team with Caleb Williams be that bad defensively again. So, I I mean, those things. But I don't know if there's anything we need to during OU Texas week. No.
0: Okay. Because I saw the headline story on ESPN.com was, okay, before you click, what do you think the headline story college football-wise on ESPN.com would be right now?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh,
0: Come on. You don't have to think that hard. Well, actually, it's not just ESPN. It's ESPN.com. If it's college football related, it's Colorado. It's prime. Ding, ding, ding. A hot start, two humbling losses, and a fist full of receipts inside Deion Sanders' first month of games at Colorado. A fist full of receipts? You got smoked in your two games against big-time foes. What are we talking about? Well, I guess it's unfair to say they got smoked.
1: They, I guess, guess US. Yeah, they came charging back. They were
0: getting smoked. looked then, like they
1: were. Then Lincoln Riley pulled a Lincoln Riley. I
0: which, don't think uh, I could
1: say it any better. Which was kind of fun. Uh, LSU uh, is done so done. Yeah, how about that?
0: I remember us sitting here a couple weeks before the season started. Our buddy Cole Kublik was on with us. and I said, are you buying that LSU is a national championship contender? And his response was, absolutely. That hasn't really been the case, has it? Survey said...
1: That was a lie. And
0: isn't it wild? All You know, if <laughs> – I'm not doing this to myself, but you go back two or three years ago, Oklahoma plays a 55-49 defense – All 55-49 game like LSU and Ole Miss was. It's just getting dumped on, and everyone in the country is, is mashing their hands over it. It's like – you'll have people like bomb Sturm twinning. Sometimes I forget this is even football. It's like, but LSU and Ole Miss do it. It's like, oh, wow. The execution. Yeah, the, we, don't,
1: we don't keep that same energy, do we? You
0: don't keep that same energy like we used to whenever we get to shoot.
1: Notre out. Dame, Duke do much for you? Yeah, you know, outside of Sam
0: Hartman's rumble on fourth down, I'm not going to lie to you. A bunch of guys – well, a bunch of guys. Drake and Toby had this in the in the Ref Royal Rumble. And the way that – no, fa- I mean, I'm not knocking Drake, but the way he made it sound, I thought Notre Dame scored with like two seconds left in the game. I thought that's how they ended up winning the game. Um, but obviously, unfortunately, Riley Leonard had that what looked to be something much more dastardly than a high ankle sprain.
1: I saw somebody – posting a think piece about uh is it now time for the acc to end its partnership with notre dame because it uh because they hurt riley leonard <laughs> well yeah, yeah. And, and and beat duke and they're probably going to beat louisville next week who's unbeaten and they don't have a you know they're not a full member is it time for this partnership that evolved out of really uh an olive branch right from the acc during covid Is it time for it to be over? You know, I'm
0: not going to lie to you, Josh Helmer. I'm kind of impressed with what the ACC is doing right now. So, I would not be shocked at all to see them say, you're not coming here. Tired of this piece. Deuces. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Because they expanded with, I forgot who they are. Cal Stanford SMU. Thank you. And their benchmark programs didn't even approve it. It's kind of like, well, listen, you've been kind of a problem here. We need to set up our stability for the future of this league. And we've got a team that's willing to come in here and not take any money. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. I still go back to the Thursday night game. and I can't believe I, I start to wonder if Cam Rising is even going to play this year.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I, You know, my initial reaction was, are you nuts? I mean, it's Notre Dame. As long as they <laughs> want to play games against you, I, I think you should. But I, I don't know. I guess in ACC circles, they might feel differently. All right, quick break. It is
0: 9.37. When we come back straight to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, your early thoughts. Uh, Coach Gasso potentially at 10 a.m. and? Your calls as well, four zero five three two nine nine thousand on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. It's the Plank Show. All right, True Sooner, let's get him in here. It's nine forty two on the ref. What's going on, True? How are you, man?
2: Man, you were talking about uh, USC, and they're always fun to you know Lincoln's always fun to, to kick when he's you know you know laugh at and all that kind of stuff. But what do you think the real the real deal is with their defense? And, and you know Grinch coming to Oklahoma. I mean, they, he was good at Washington State, and he was in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever they call it now. Um, but I mean, it is, it is a head-scratcher because USC's got players on the defensive side of the ball. So, what? I mean, why would they – I mean, do you have any idea on, on, on what the real situation is, on why he just with, – with the mixture of Lincoln's offense – and these D coordinators that OU and and has gone through, and obviously Grinch is probably going to be gone within a year or two, more than likely. But I mean, what what do you think the deal is, really?
0: Stubbornness, maybe a little bit. Stubbornness um,
2: to what? I mean, he's you, got the is it the, the defense he's playing? What is it not match up with the offense that he's playing? What?
0: So I gosh, I could really go deep on this because whenever we wrote our spring preview. I I've listened to a lot of podcasts about when Brent was hired at at and I know this is a, a not not directly what you're talking about but I'll get there. When Brent was hired at Clemson, right? He was hired to be a um be a defensive coordinator that can run a defense with a with a hurry up offense, right? When Chad Morris was brought in at Clemson and that was what Brent right. Venables – I mean he to create a championship defense, but it was Hey, you're going to have a high volume of plays because we're going to run a hurry up uh, up offense. And I think that Coach Venables in that is constantly evolving. I think you see it and, and was adjusting his ways. You know, studying everything that's out there. I kind of think at USC, and I kind of think what I noticed with with Lincoln and with Alex Grinch. And again, this is not a knock. This is their way. It is, hey, this system works. You're going to do it this way, and this is how we're going to do it. And uh, Brent Brent's a lot the same way, right? But in that same vein, I don't think that they adjust. And and Lincoln doesn't necessarily run a hurry up. I just don't think that they consistently adjust. Now, it's funny that you say this because I talked to the guy that runs like USCfootball.com, Ryan Abraham, this weekend. And I said, is he still doing the speed D thing with the lighter offensive linemen? And he dropped the old, well, you know, they're able to recruit different players. And I'm like, how's that going? Right? It's like you can continue to sell yourself that. But Oklahoma's getting the same caliber of talent on the defensive line as USC is, yeah. but maybe USC yeah. wasn't getting the Bear Alexanders back in the day. So that's a lot of wordsmithing to basically say, I, I don't think that they adjust their their um, approach, and they being well, Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. And and I also think that there is this belief that, listen, get us off the field a couple of times and we're going to win games.
2: Well, and, and listen, you know, you you, br- you the point you bring up with Venables, I mean, in 08, whenever OU had – you know, you I've heard the clips uh, on on Stoops on your show on, on your station. You know, and they went to the hurry up and let's get as many plays as we can as we can for Sam Bradford. I mean, you know, Venable's and Mike Stoops and and you know those guys adjusted to it. It seemed like, and it wasn't a big problem in 08 or 09, But it seems like that as it's evolved over the years, the defense and, and, and Venable's defense was as good as anybody's at Clemson. But it seems like a lot of – it's really puzzling how it's really kind of put a lot of the defensive coordinators, um, you know, in in, in in very, you know, strange situations. I mean, I just – I think adjust is probably the word. I mean, it's, as simple as it is, it seems like a lot of the coordinators haven't adjusted over the years.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. See you, man. man. But, right. but they're close. They're close. Right? They're close. <laughs> Always close. Alex Grinch is a very good game planner. I know you guys don't want to hear that, and I know you're going to laugh at it, but he is very good at strategically finding ways to try to shut down opposing teams' offenses. Game planner, I guess, is a better way to put it. It, It's scouter. But for some reason, when it comes to game day, it's – it hasn't well, then necessarily. He, then is he? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, I know. How right? How could you say that? His, it, well, I just go by what his coach, what his fellow coaches would tell me. Right? Whenever we would do coaches' court, it would be like he is a really good game. Well,
1: player. yeah, everybody says nice thing about right. nice things about fellow coaches. Doesn't mean they're actually true. I don't
0: know. I mean, do I? Do I think everyone is? Uh, everyone is lying? No. Is everyone defending uh, Alex Grinch? No. But you're starting. What are you starting to see now? On Twitter.com, what are you starting to see from the always uh, arrogant – boy, the college – who's more arrogant, the college football media or the NFL media, Josh?
1: I mean, it's – take your pick. Probably the
0: NFL, but it's close. Gosh, the college – the college football guys are just oof. But now you're starting to see the – man, is Lincoln Riley going to ruin the missing opportunity with another great quarterback? You're like, hmm, wonder where we've heard or seen that before. Quote, are we going to look back and say, man, Lincoln Riley really wasted one of the best college quarterbacks ever by failing to field a good
1: defense? Bud Elliott.
0: Bud Elliott. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's, he's not afraid to share his opinion. Yeah. I kinda, I, mean, I kind of like Bud. Uh,
0: I will add that to me, I don't really have a great answer except to say, You are so good offensively. You were around a guy when you grew up in coaching that was so good offensively that maybe there is that certain arrogance to where it doesn't matter what the defense
1: does, we're going to win football games. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Well, and obviously whatever it is, I mean, you look at the numbers at Oklahoma, 38th total defense in 19, 29th in 2020, 29th scoring in 2020, Uh, 76th total defense in 21 and oh by the way it was scoring 64th 29th 60th so I mean (laughs) the the numbers say it's not working and obviously they're in that same boat if not worse at USC now
0: (laughs) Jim in Arlington writes Alex Grinch would not have landed David Stone is it a recruiting thing? Is it just they don't put the resources necessary towards recruiting? Is it?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it's philosophical, too. When, when you've got a head coach that, I don't know, cares about defense, I mean, that's yeah, that's going to be problematic.
0: Yeah. All right, quick break. Quick break. It is 950. Where is this day already going? Uh, I'll double check with Coach. We're supposed to talk to Patty Gasso here in just a bit. So, well. When we come back, we'll continue to roll through these texts. I've got Steve Sarkeesian from his presser to share a little bit more from Brent Venables right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I want to clarify one statement because I'm getting destroyed for it. Game planner might not be the best word scouter for what Alex Grinch was given credit for. enabled to scout opposing defenses' weaknesses. There is a disconnect at some point <laughs> between the ability – To translate that into a game plan which shuts down an opponent consistently. Y'all can lay off me now. Josh, you can stop being mean to me.
1: Just when... I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean.
0: No, no. It's okay. Softball Steve is yelling in all caps. Grinch's day. Got 40-plus put on them by the Buffs. 28 by San Jose. Go figure. His D
1: sucks. I, I might have sounded a little mean, and I don't mean to. No, no, no.
0: But here's the thing. Here's my point. I mean, I know True. I love True calling the show. It's OU Texas week. I honestly couldn't care less what's going on with USC and Alex Grinch, except to say this. Boy, watching that
1: Colorado game just
0: seems so damn familiar.
1: I- yeah, it's, it's like a, an Iowa State game from around here from years past. It was like the perfect week for it to happen. I think I said it.
0: Now, we are – I don't know how it sounds. I don't know if we're able to make radio magic out of it on Saturday mornings, even though we're right across the street from each other with Teddy and, and Toby at Balfour and I'm over at Yo Pablo's, uh, I had said it, and I don't know if it came across. I'm like, boys, I'm feeling deja vu. We're playing Iowa State tonight. Colorado and USC is happening. I mean, I have seen this game before. <laughs> right. I've seen this game that's happening right in front of me on Fox. Uh huh. Totally agree. So, it, uh, one thing, too, one thing, too, that kind of caught my eye, this past weekend or stood out. What did Bryn Venables talk about whenever they've played Iowa state at home, the last three games, right? The combined score was one Oh one to one hundred. There's the 2017 loss. And then why do I not have any of my notes here? And then one point games in
1: like 19 and 21, right? Yep. Two point conversion. Try game. (sighs) That that was another one (laughs) where you got a big and then it's like evaporated.
0: They were in complete control of that game. But, and again, I'm not trying to say anything to to tweak anyone here or anything of that nature. But in the two games since Brent Venables has been the head coach, uh, it has been a combined total score of 77 to 23. Or to 33. That's more like what we typically see when OU plays Iowa State.
1: Yeah. That's a – Ninety-one percentile football. Eh, a little better. I, I did. I bring up Grinch and USC. I think you, no. True. Did yes. Yeah, oh, we were running down. We were running down the. Oh, street that's a little right. Bit.
0: That's right. I would never bring it up. Uh, four hundred five speed D is designed to give the ball back to the offense quickly. The fastest way to do that is to let them score quickly. Apparently, okay. We're done. No one's going to top that joke. No one is topping that joke from the four hundred five. And if you found that somewhere, I don't care, sir. Give yourself an a name. That is fantastic. Uh, I got confirmation during the break. Patty Gasso is coming up. Nice. It's a super secret surprise. Don't you guys go telling anyone. So, Patty Gasso coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We'll talk about the start of fall ball tomorrow night right here on The Ref.